Welcome to the Discovery Nutrition Podcast. I'm Nathan Baldwin, a dietitian and specialist in helping people overcome the emotional and behavioral struggles that hold them back from making long-term changes. In this podcast, we explore rediscovering the joy with food, moving away from a diet mentality and working with our negative emotions to help create a more meaningful life that you love and you want to continue living. Hey everyone, thanks again for joining me today. Uh, I think we're up to episode 5, podcast 5, whatever you want to call it. Um, But thanks again for joining me. I'm Nathan and on here we talk about emotional eating and uh, all the things that come with that. So as I usually start my podcast, uh, I'd love it if you could share this with someone, comment or leave a review, but don't want to loiter on it too long today. So the topic that we're going to be talking about is being ready for change. Now this sounds pretty straightforward and you'd hope that it is, uh, but the reason I'm talking about it is because it's not. This is something that I see so many people struggling with, whether it's people who are just out in the general public and need help but aren't reaching out, or even the people who do come to get help. This is still something that they really struggle with. So today I want to talk through kind of how to know if you are ready, uh, the big problems that I see with a lot of people, um, as well as how to move yourself along if there is something that you generally want to change, um, and what you need to start thinking about to help move you along that, that pattern. Um, so yeah, being ready for change. How do you know when you're ready? Now, this is a tricky part. It's different for every single person, but there are a few key things to tell you if you're ready. So there's been a lot of research into behavior change and stages of change. And I suppose the most accepted uh, model for this is, uh, splitting it up into five different parts. So stage one, which is pre-contemplation, it's, uh, you know, thinking about uh, uh, behavior in some way, but not really thinking about how they would do it. So the second stage is then contemplation. It's actually starting to take that, those initial thoughts and thinking, well, okay, this is starting to get more important to me. So what would I actually have to do? Stage three is going upon this a little bit more. This is preparation. This is really getting all the resources um, and things that you need together to really start to take action. So that's exactly what stage four is. It's action. It's You've got to the point where you say that, okay, I don't want to be doing this anymore and I have to do things to change that. So stage four is where I see people. That's where people decide, no, I can't keep going down this path anymore of like destructive emotional eating for the impact that it's having on my health and lots of other things in my life. So I need to change that. So this is where I see people. Now, stage five is maintenance. This is where you've worked through whatever it is you've had to change and you're at the stage where it's not a problem anymore. You're maintaining. There is, however, also a big issue with relapse. So this is where you recycle. And you see this very, very often with things that aren't particularly setting people up for maybe behavior change. They're a lot more likely to relapse. And this is why we see a lot of the data coming out that things like diets, they don't really work. For everyone that goes on a diet, 
Um, only five, well, roughly 5% of people actually maintain those results after four years and 95% of people actually go back to where they started and usually even get worse. So relapse is very, very prominent. Um, another trouble that I've been seeing in the people that come to my practice is a lot of people think they're ready, but when it comes down to taking that action, it's very evident that they're not. So this is something that I want to talk through today. So how exactly do you know when you're ready? The easiest way to, I suppose, characterize it is, are you taking action? If you're not taking action, then there is no way that you are actually ready to make that change. But it gets a bit tricky here because, as I said, even taking action doesn't necessarily mean that you're ready. You might be ready to, for instance, change your food. You might be ready to change the problem, but there's a good chance and a lot of people aren't always ready to change the origin. So this is something I've talked about before and I don't doubt that I'm going to talk about again and again, is that changing the food is only part of the issue. When we're just changing food and we're not looking at the reasons why we go for these foods in the first place, we're just changing the outcome. We're not changing the reason why that's actually something that we do. So same as when you come to change the problem with your behavior rather than I want to really understand and explore why this happens and really come to terms with that then this is a big reason when I see people that, you know, they pay good money work with me, they commit to working together for a long period of time. And, you know, we go through lots of education and lots of, I suppose, um, different shifts in perspective, talking about, you know, food isn't just that. Food holds no moral value, but what it does do is lead us down particular paths that we either do care about or ones that we don't care about. So for instance, when we're looking at, say, fast food, now eating fast food once every now and then, that is totally fine. It's different to every single person, but you know, if you eat fast food once every couple of weeks, you're not going to die. You can definitely make that work for yourself and still stay healthy and still be loving what you're doing. But when it gets to the point where, you know, perhaps fast food is being eaten, say, four or five times a week and it's impacting your health, then these are the things that are really amounting to where you are. You know, it's not just that one bit of fast food. It's each time that you're doing that, each time that you're choosing that, then you're choosing to go down that path that it's ultimately taking you. So action doesn't necessarily mean that you're ready. You need to be ready to be completely open, honest, and accepting of the things that you've been through, the things that you've chosen. And you need to be actually open to having that conversation, open to just opening your mind about it all. So how I like to define um, being ready for change is having complete awareness and acceptance of whatever it is that you want to change and what it's currently costing you. So this is something that I talk through with a lot of people. Um, you know, the cost of what we're doing is 
often so great, but it's not until we really realize the breadth of it that we're genuinely ready to change. So we'll talk about this a little bit more um, in the podcast today. But until you're fully able to appreciate that negative impact, you're not going to want it that bad. You know, if you don't realize that whatever you're doing is really destroying your life, and it sounds dramatic, but that's ultimately the realization that you've got to come to. If you don't change it, is it going to destroy your life? There's a really good chance that it is. Now, obviously, this is different for each person. But if you genuinely want to change, there needs to be that importance there. And until we're able to fully comprehend and understand what we're doing, what it's amounting to and what it's affecting, then you know it's not going to seem bad enough in our head. Because if it's not bad enough for us to want to change, then we're always going to end up going back to it. You know, that relapse is going to be so much more um, appealing. You know, I always say that it's it's easier to stick to a diet for two months when you're working with um, a dietitian going through a diet or whether you're on like an eight-week challenge. Well, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's very doable and most people do it. You know, it's... Evidently not that difficult because most people are able to stick to it for that amount of time. When they know that there's a start and an end date, most people are really good at doing that because they see the reward of the potential benefits at the end. But when we get to this stage, that's where, again, that relapse becomes a lot more appealing because unless we're able to fully understand where we were at the first place and why we wanted to change that bad and we can't fully comprehend that it was like genuinely terrible for us and destroying us, unless we're able to understand that full breadth and scope of what that did to not just us, but the people around us and everything that we care about, until we can realize that, we're not going to want to change. So I'm going to get a little bit deep in this next part, but all I ask is just hear me out. So it's going to get a little bit deep, but we're going to end on a really practical and positive note for today. But we're going to get stuck in here. So something that I talk through with every one of my clients is that every single thing that you do is a choice. Now, I I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I want to go into it a little bit deeper so you've got a better understanding of what I mean. Everything we do every single day, every single moment is a choice. Now, I like to compare the choices that we make between um, cooking a healthy meal and putting on clothes. Sounds bizarre, but again, hear me out. So you wake up in the morning and you put on clothes to go to work. Seems pretty easy to just wake up and put them on, doesn't it? This is a choice. Now, when I say that, most people say, oh, well, it's a pretty easy choice. And yes, it does seem that way. But when we actually take a look at everything that goes into actually putting on those clothes in the morning, it's not nearly as easy as it seems. So to actually be able to put clothes on, you have to first go work for the money to buy the clothes. So, I mean, does anyone like slaving away at work? Most people, not so much. So you've got to work to earn the money. You've got to drive to the shops. You've got to go around the shops, find something that fits, find something that you like, and then you've got to spend that hard-earned money. Once this is done, you bring it home. You put it in the washing you might iron it, you probably fold it, you probably put it away somewhere. You probably have to 
you know, yell at your partner to pick it up off the floor occasionally. Um, then once this is done, it comes down to, well, we've got to match them with other clothes that we like to wear together. You know, that's a lot of steps that goes into us being able to wake up in the morning and put those clothes on. But with all these things that come before it and, you know, sure, you might only have to buy the clothes once, but you've got to wash them, iron them, sort them, fold them every single time. And it's a pain in the ass. Who likes doing any of those? I guarantee that none of you, that is therapeutic. Certainly not for me. Um, but, you know, we wake up in the morning, we put on clothes and it's easy because we value what it provides us. We value the fact that we're not going to walk outside and be stared at and, you know, potentially arrested or thought or people thinking that we're crazy. We value that putting on clothes helps us blend into whatever, I suppose, um, pocket of society we're in, whether it's, you know, corporate law, you're going to dress different or whether you're at uni um, or whether you're going to the beach, you dress different for these things. And we value that when we dress a particular way, it provides us something, not just people not staring at our naked bodies, but we, we fit in somewhere. But again, you need to recognize that it's not just the putting on clothes that you do to make that choice. It's everything beforehand. Whereas when we look at um, cooking a healthy meal, we look at it completely opposite to how we do putting on those clothes. So that entire process that I just explained to what it takes to actually put those clothes on, that's how we see cooking food. When I talk to people and we're talking about you know, making some healthy meals and why that's important in the home versus takeaway, the response from nearly every single person is, I don't have time, it's too much effort, blah, blah, blah. Because when you think about cooking a healthy meal, everyone immediately jumps to the thought, oh shit, I've got to find time to go shopping for the groceries. I've got to actually spend money. And oh, I don't want to spend money on this stuff. Um, I've got to know what to buy. I've got to know what I want to cook. I've got to you know, think what actually goes together in these recipes. And then I've got to think, well, do I even like the recipe? Is it going to be tasty? Is it going to make me feel good? And then you've got to come home. You've got to prepare it and cook it just so you can eat it. You know, We look at these seven steps that it takes to cook something just as we should be looking at putting on clothes. But instead of thinking of you know cooking the food the same way as we do putting on clothes in the morning, we don't. We see all of the steps and we think this is so difficult. And the reason that we do this is because we don't value what that food's giving us enough. You know, if you value putting on clothes so much, but then when it comes to food, you value not putting in the time to actually make something, you prefer something quick and convenient. And yes, there are convenient, healthy foods, but let's not get into that today. You know, when you value this, then there's clearly things that is in that food that you don't value enough. And this is what we're gonna get into now. So every single thing is a choice. And this is confrontational for people. As I said, you need to be completely open-minded, aware of what's happening now, what's happened in the past, and the role that you've had to play in that. You need to be open and accepting to this before you can start to change. 
because until you know what's going on, what's happened and what you've had to play in that, as I said, it really needs to be, you know, it needs to feel like almost a tragedy in some sense because until those horrible thoughts and realizations come on, we're not able to put the importance on why we should change. So everything's a choice. You know, where you are right now, this is a product of your life. This is a product of all of your choices. And yes, there's definitely things that go into it. There's influences. But at the end of the day, everything comes down to a choice. And, you know, I've, I've been here myself. I was not a very nice person a few years ago because of my own issues. It took me a lot of heartbreak, a lot of anger, a lot of sadness, uh, certainly a lot of help and treatment. Uh, but to go through this stuff, I needed to understand like the breadth of the problems that I'm causing myself. You know, it's when I'm treating all the people like shit around me and then they don't want to um, be near me, that's my fault. It's not theirs. I'm the one choosing to act that way. And yes, there's influences. There's the way that I was brought up. There's the people and behaviors that I was modeled to as a child. There was, you know, just what I thought was fun and cool and whatnot. And the things that I valued, these are all the things that at that point in time had gone into the choices that I made, which ended up in that horrible spot that I was in. Same as whenever anyone wants to change their health, you know, it's gotten to the point because they haven't valued the other things and they've made the choices that have ultimately ended up where they wanted to become. You know, no one made you get takeaway five days a week for the last six years. No one made you say, I don't have time for exercise. No one made you choose a really stressful job. You know, there are these things that we can do and yes, some do take more times, more time to turn around than others, but where we are right now is a product entirely of the choices that you have made for your entire life, good or bad. You know, if you're living a fantastic life that you love, I'm so happy for you. And that's because you've been making the choices to get you there. I don't doubt that it's been without its hiccups and like its severe challenges, but to get anywhere that we value in life, it's going to take a lot of conceited effort. And this is so important. Something that, look, even listening to this, you might be hating it to hear. You might think, Nathan's a dickhead. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what I've been through. And you're totally right. I don't know what you've been through. But to step through this process, to be ready to change and to make that relapse a lot less likely, we need to be completely open, honest and aware of what we've done, what we're doing and what that's actually coming out to um, really occur. You know, we are the product of our choices. So the next questions that you need to ask once you've got to this point, and yep, it's going to get a lot lighter now, guys. Why should I change? You know, what are the reasons that I have to change? Again, what are some things that this has cost me? Um, You know, if we look at health, you know, what's this cost you with your health? Is it, um, you know, high blood pressure? That means that you might not be there for your kids. Is it 
Um, personal, you just don't like the way you feel or the way you look in the mirror and your confidence is down. You know, what, what are these things that we want to change for? Um, we look at financial, you know, are you spending thousands upon thousands of dollars a year? There was research that came out just this week, I think, um, and it said the average Australian spends, I think it was $30 a week on takeaway food, which to be completely fair, based on the people that I work with, and even myself as like a young guy, I think that is so understated. Um, I was listening to the radio and there was a lot of callers coming in saying they spend at least $100, which I think is a much more accurate depiction. But look, even rolling with the $30 a week, that amounts to you know one and a half to two thousand dollars a year. Like financially, are you going to be better off with that in your pocket? Then you know we look at as I said, a lot of times people treat the problem and not the cause. So are you going on expensive crash diets? Are you paying for supplements? Are you paying for light and easy? Are you paying for low carbs? Um, not low carb. Um, you know shake diets to lose the weight. Are you paying lots of money? And chances are you are because a lot of people do. Um, you know, your future capacity, this is something that I know a lot of people don't think about, but there was, there's a lot of good research to show that when you keep treating the problem, not the cause, you go through these crash diets again and again and again for years, if not decades, like most people. This has a really violent impact on your basal metabolic rate, which the more you do, so basal metabolic rate is the amount of energy that we burn just to stay alive. Now, this is really important because the higher your basal metabolic, uh, the higher your basal metabolic rate, then the more energy our body burns, which means we're able to eat more food um, without putting on weight. If this slows down, then it's going to be a lot easier to put on weight, but it's also going to be so much harder to lose weight. If you've got someone that say has, say it's like um, a 7,000 kilojoule BMR, which is probably pretty standard. If you crash diet because you're, again, focusing on the, the problem and not the cause. If you crash diet again and again and again for, um, say, five years, there's a good chance that you're 7,000 BMR is going to drop. So let's say it drops to 6,000. That means each and every single day, your body burns 1,000 less kilojoules. To put this practically, 1,000 kilojoules is the size of a small meal. Now, if you're trying to lose weight, your hunger is probably going to be pretty similar to if your BMR was 7,000 or 6,500. Your hunger is probably going to be the same. But if your body has that less capacity, that less kilojoules to work with each day, you're still going to be hungry and you're still going to want to eat. But the difference is you've got 500 kilojoules now, which you can't work with. They're gone and they're gone forever because crash dieting has a really, really terrible impact on the BMR. So they studied this with the Biggest Loser contestants compared to someone who loses weight gradually and find something that they can maintain. These guys, they lose countless amounts of kilos in, you know, week after week. You watch that show and like there's people dropping 10 kilos a single week repeatedly. What this does is it cuts your BMR 
dramatically. So I think the figures from that was um, actually 2,000 kilojoules difference. So that's like the equivalent of a gigantic meal. That's like Christmas lunch right there probably. You know, that's huge. And if you consider whether you've got the capacity to fit in a huge Christmas lunch each day while you're dieting and not put on weight, or you know you cut that out and swap it out for some other things, then that's going to do wonders for improving your health. But by doing this, again, if you're focusing on the problem and not the cause, then what are you really affording yourself? What are you choosing? Um, so yeah, you need to think about your future capacity and what you're what you're choosing. You know, if you choose to go down a crash diet, that's cool, but that's something that you need to take into account. Um, other things I like to talk about is, you know, for your kids, why should you change? Is it being a better role model? Is it um, just being a better parent? You know, we talk about, um, you know, if you come home from like a hard day's work, you're feeling pretty crap. So maybe you eat some food to feel a little bit better at the moment. And then later on you think, fuck, why did I do that? Like, I'm such an idiot. I'm a failure. And stress goes up and up and up. And then when the kids are playing up a little bit, you've got a lot less capacity to talk with them um, in a rational conversation. And you're going to be a lot more likely to go down the easy route, to yell to get them to stop, to, you know, God forbid, smack them or swear. And, you know, all these things that aren't a particularly great example for them. So, you know, your kids, why should you want to change for them? Same with your partner. If you're a lot less stressed, are you able to come home and provide more love to them and really work on that relationship there? Are you able to be more intimate with him and or her and the ones that you love? As well as just fulfillment. You know, what are these things that you've always wanted to do? Have you wanted to be a little bit fitter so, you know, you can go travel South America? Have you wanted to be fitter just so you can run a marathon and, you know, hang that medal above your wall and say, you know what, people have always said that I couldn't do this, but screw you guys, I just proved that I can. You know, these are things that you need to consider, not just what am I doing, what have I done, and how has it negatively impacted that? That's definitely the most important thing to start, but you need to think and like have that vision. You know, how different could life be? How could you feel on a day-to-day basis? Would you come home feeling crappy every day or would you come home with still a bit of spring in your step and like the capacity to be much more loving to your kids, to yourself, to your partner, to have, you know, be more financially secure. I mean, what could you do with that? Go on a nicer holiday? I mean, I'd love that. I know that much. Um, You know, these are the things that we really need to consider. So these are my biggest tips for people to step themselves along that readiness to change and to really reduce the chance of that relapse. You know, the relapse is the toughest thing that I see with people. And even clients that come to me, I see it again and again still, uh, a lot less frequently than I did because I'm very forthcoming in what I'm trying to create for people. And I'm very straightforward in saying, look, if you don't want to change, then I don't want to be the one to help you because it's going to be a waste of your money, a waste of your effort. And I'm here to change your life for good. Um It's been a heavy topic today. Guys, thanks for listening. The big takeaways are you need to be open, honest, and aware of everything you're doing and what it's leading you, or where it's leading you rather. 
everything that we do, everything that we have, everything that we are is a product of our choices. Yes, there are circumstances that play into it, but we are always, always in control of what we can do with those circumstances to turn them into our favor. From there, it's all about figuring out what are the important things for me to change for myself, for others, even for the world. Making it bigger than yourself is really important. Um, And from here, we've talked about values before, trying to find what are those values underpinning it. You know, what kind of person do you want to be described as at your funeral? If you don't start taking action today, then when's it going to happen? You know, why would you choose to be happy in a year? Why wouldn't you choose that tomorrow, today? To move along this line of uh, stages of change, all you have to do is put it into action. Now, I definitely recommend going through these uh, steps first, but as soon as you can put that into action, you are so much more likely to actually creating genuine change. Now, if any of this is stuck with you and you want to take action, then please send me a DM on discovery underscore nutrition on Instagram or check out my website, discoverynutrition.com.au. Guys, thanks so much for listening. It's been a heavy one today, but I'm hoping that it's provided you some value. Um, Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Hey guys, as always, the information in this episode, general in nature, not specific to you. If you want to find out more specific to you, go work with your local health professional. I might even be able to help you out. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Have an awesome day.